are starting our first, uh, this is the first Sunday of Advent, and uh, we are starting our, um, our series for uh, this, uh, this, uh, this month, The Joy of Every Longing Heart. Um, and, and so we're going to jump into it a little bit, a little bit different maybe. Well, well, we'll get, we'll get into that. This time of year, this time of year can be, can be difficult for many of us. I, I'm not I'm not talking about the Christmas season. I, I, actually, I'm I'm talking about the fact that that we all turned our clocks back a couple of weeks ago, and now it gets dark at 3 p.m. Right? This is this is difficult. Um, uh, actually, the sun will. I looked it up. The sun will set today at 4:59 p.m. Oh, that's a little bit of a groaner. I think it still seems pretty early, right? Uh, we have less than nine and a half hours of daylight today. Now, it could be worse. We could be living in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. Uh, it's up in the far north. I looked it up in the weather site, uh, and it says, uh, the little section that says sunrise, it says sunrise, colon, no sunrise. And under length of daytime, colon, zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. They actually go for two months, almost full two months, without seeing the sun in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. So, I mean, I guess we're, we should be pretty happy with our nine and a half hours and, uh, and, and, and move on from there. Um, but we still need to recognize that darkness, darkness is hard. I've been in the dark a lot of times. Just ask my wife. I'm in the dark a lot of times. No, um, I've been in, physically been in the dark in a lot of different situations, a lot of different places, a lot of different... I've been in dark bedrooms where monsters are no doubt living under the bed, ready to grab my angles as I'm running from the light switch to the bed. I've been in the dark woods at night camping where all sorts of sounds and, and things took my mind to all sorts of places thinking about what just might be out there ready to get me. I've, I've been driving on dark highways in the middle of a storm or, or uh, dark uh, back roads and, and wondering if I even knew where in the world this was taking me. I've, I've even been in a dark cave hundreds of feet below the surface of the earth when I, when I literally couldn't see my hand in, in front of my face. Maybe you've been uh, there as well. I also was thinking about the fact that I've, I've had some injuries because of the darkness um, I, I, there was one time I was, uh, I think my brother and I were chasing each other as we were prone to do growing up. And I ran up the stairs and was running into my bedroom and, uh, thinking that that dark, uh, opening was the opening, wide open opening for my bedroom. And it was actually a closed door. And so I, you know, ran, as they say, pell-mell into the door and, uh, injured. As an adult, I remember walking down a dark hallway and had my hands out so I wouldn't, you know, whatever. And there was a door propped just enough that this hand missed it and this hand missed it, but this nose did not miss it, right? And uh, bonk, right there, in the dark. I've run into furniture that I couldn't see. I've knocked things over and broken things. I, I, I just didn't even know. They, I mean, darkness is hard. Darkness is hard for a lot of reasons. We, we lose direction because we can't see where we're going. We have no frame of reference to see where we are. It's, it's scary. It's uncertain. It's paralyzing. And so, so even a little light can make all the difference when we're in the dark. 
Over the, over the course of this month, during the Advent season, we're going to be studying four different psalms. And that's a little different than might, what might be typical during this time of year. Instead of retelling all the classic uh, uh, parts, accounts of the Christmas story with Mary and Joseph and the angel choir and the shepherds, we're going to be singing four Old Testament songs or psalms. These psalms are, are the, the readings from the lectionary. For the last four Sundays. Now, some of you might not know what the lectionary is. For many years, uh, uh, churches and Christians have followed uh, uh, what is known in in Protestant circles as the Revised Common Lectionary. It's a a compilation of scriptures to be read or studied uh, on on Sundays. There's readings during the week as well, but especially the Sunday readings, and it's on a three-year cycle. There's a year A, a year B, and a year C. Then it goes back to year A, and uh, and it it lists these scriptures. Many Sundays, many pastors, every Sunday, many pastors choose one of the four scripture texts in the lectionary, the Revised Common Lectionary. And there's an Old Testament reading, and there's there's a gospel reading, and there's a a reading from the New Testament that's not the Gospels, and then there's always a psalm. And so in, in choosing sermons, uh, rather, around here usually we do a, a series of some sort, but, but a, a lot of places, uh, a lot of pastors will go to the lectionary and, and choose the, the passage, one of those four passages, and uh, that's, that's the, the message for the day. And, and if you follow that lectionary over those three years, you will, uh, touch on or, or hit, uh, virtually all of scripture through those, uh, through those three years. So this month, during, uh, during Advent, leading up to Christmas, during these four Sundays of Advent, we're going to be using those Psalms that are listed in the lectionary, and those will be our texts for each Sunday. So, all that is kind of pretext to uh, to let you know that today our uh, our reading and our message is from Psalm 80. It's not necessarily. I'll just give you a warning right now. It's not necessarily the most upbeat psalm. Uh, it was actually written while the Israelites were in exile, separated from God. Without giving any more introduction, I think we should just dive in and read it. It's 19 whole verses, and we're going to read them all because I think they're all important. Psalm 80 beginning in verse 1. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You've fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies. Mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and filled the land. The the mountains were covered with its shade. The mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. Its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? 
Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine. The the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. If you didn't pick it up, this is a psalm of lament or mourning. Uh, there's, there's frustration and anger and sorrow, maybe even a little complaining thrown into the mix here. It's, it's, it's different than, than a, a more popular psalm like, like, say, Psalm 23, right? We're familiar with that. Most people uh, know what the 23rd psalm is. It, it, it declares that the Lord is our shepherd and he provides everything we need and there's comfort and there's, there's uh, uh, water and there's food and there, it's everything and, and God is our shepherd and uh, there's safety and security and all the things. And Psalm 80 also declares, starts out declaring God is our shepherd and then proceeds to acknowledge that he makes them eat and drink their tears. The worship leader at the time, a guy named Asaph is the guy who wrote this and and he wrote this song to help the people of Israel call out to God because they were in the dark. And darkness, as we have already determined today, darkness is hard. We usually don't sing songs of lament, worship songs of lament. The, the vast majority of songs that we sing in, in uh, 21st century Protestant churches tend to keep things pretty hope-filled and upbeat. Uh, I remember uh, a few years ago, the pastors on our district met with uh, one of our general superintendents, Dr. David Busick. And uh, Dr. Busick told a story from when he had been pastoring before he became a, a, a superintendent. And uh, he, had, uh, he had been pastoring, and, and there was a, a young family in the church who had, who had had a baby, but then just tragically, the baby had, had died unexpectedly. And so they walked through that tragedy with this young family and, and uh, uh, ministered to them. But uh, a little while after the funeral, Dr. Busick realized that they hadn't been back to church, and, and uh, he, he picked up the phone and, and called one day, and, and the young mom answered, And he told her that he was thinking about them and they'd been praying for them and they were missing him at church. And the the, the woman thanked him and and then said, Pastor, we'll we'll be back to church. But can I be honest with you, Pastor? All we sing at church are happy praise songs. And I, I just don't feel like praising God at the moment. I'm still sad. And sometimes... I want to just sit in God's presence and be quiet. We'll, we'll be back to church, but, but not right now. Maybe, maybe we could at times take a hint from the ancient Israelites because lament was pretty common for them. Believe it or not, over 70%, 70, not 17, 70% of the Psalms in, in, uh, in our book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, 70% of them can be classified as songs of lament. 
Now, uh, since we don't do it much, I suppose we should define it a little bit. What is lament? Uh, it, it, it's simply a song of mourning or sorrow. There, there, there are many things that, that, that can cause sorrow. Uh, and, uh, and so as we, if you would look at all these psalms, we could see that there, there are a lot of different reasons. It could be issues of bereavement and, and grief. Could be personal trouble that we're walking through in difficult circumstances. It could be calamity, something just uh, uh, catastrophic that has happened. It can even be the judgment of God uh, on the sins of the people. In the in the face of those challenges, in that darkness, uh, uh, bereavement or personal trouble or calamity or the judgment of God, in that darkness, the the people of Israel lamented. And this psalm of lament cries out to God because because the people were in trouble. The nation of Israel was in shambles. Enemies had come in and taken over and taken many of them into exile. They were now living in a foreign nation as a conquered people. God had turned away from them and had not protected them from their enemies. So the psalm cries out, How long, O Lord? Hear us! Come and save us. Five different times the refrain of restore us or revive us is, is repeated throughout these 19 verses. And, and the psalm seems to be blaming God for the issues that they're facing. And, and that's what they were feeling. But if we really get down to it, we have to realize that, that, that it's the nation of Israel, the, the nation of Israel was in shambles because of their own sin, not necessarily because of God's lack of power. Throughout the historical books of the Old Testament, you can, you can read about how these people were, were following God and, and obeying His commands and remaining holy and unsullied by sin and, and all of those things until, well, until they weren't. And they choose to uh, go away from God and there were seasons where they ignored Him and, and didn't follow His laws and, and did the opposite of what He commanded and they turned away from Him and, and God sent prophets and leaders to warn them and He urged them to turn from their wicked ways but, but they hadn't and so He finally turned away from them. And it's interesting, when God turns His face away from our lives, we're in the dark. We lose direction. We don't have any frame of reference for right and wrong, good and evil. It's a, it's a scary place to be. So in that scary, dark place, this worship leader, Asaph, gave words to what the nation was experiencing and feeling and helped them to cry out in lament. Lament is a place of mourning. It's also a place of honesty. There's a, there's a brutal honesty uh, when, we, when we lament. We're, we're, we're done denying reality and we're desperate enough to acknowledge where we are so that we can be restored. Lament isn't just sorrow, it's also hope. There's, there's hope that in, in crying out to God, He will hear and respond. We're, we're desperate that He will once again turn His face toward us so that we may be saved. In this lament, we see that the people are, are honestly assessing their situation before God. They're, they're in desperate need. They didn't just need a little fix. Just, just a little tweak. God, we just need a little tweak over here and everything will be fine. They, they, they were not in good shape. <laughs> they were helpless to save themselves. You don't, you, don't need save, you don't need to be saved if you're in pretty good shape and you just need a little tweak or two, right? You just need a hand. You, you need a little help. 
But as this psalm goes to great pains to describe, the people of Israel were in desperate need of God's favor. In in its metaphorical language, it declares that their vine had been cut down, that the vineyard had been, it represents them, the vineyard had been overrun by animals and thieves and and insects. And uh, they didn't just need a little help. (laughs) They needed to be saved. And so this refrain Asaph puts in this psalm is, is just beautiful and, and almost heart-wrenching. And there's an element of hope woven through it. It's in verse 3 and again in verse 7 and then again in, in verse 19 as the kind of the climax and the benediction of the psalm. Tweaks it just a little bit. I, I want to read it. I want you to hear the, the beauty and the longing and the desperation and the, and the emotion in it. Restore us. Oh God, make your face shine on us that we may be saved. And verse 7, restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. They'd they'd hit rock bottom, but there was... There was a God that just might intervene if they call out. They were in despair, but they were not without hope. The words of this refrain that Asaph sprinkled through this psalm were actually not original to him. Uh, He's he's pulling from from some ancient words uh, for centuries uh, at the close of every worship service since God had initiated the the, the kingdom of Israel. The Levites, the priests, uh, had had uttered a benediction at the end of their worship services using the same imagery, uh, calling for God's shining face to turn toward his people. We actually have it recorded in, in the book of Numbers. I believe it's quoted at the end of the reading for today in your in your devotional book numbers chapter 6 verses 24 to 26 this was the benediction that closed the worship services in the jewish tradition centuries many years the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace as they, as they ended their worship gathering, every time the priest would, would ask God to bless and keep his people, that he would be gracious to them and, and that he would give them peace. All of that would be the result of God's face shining on them, right? And bringing his light into their darkness. The Israelites had, had experienced that blessing in the past. Their history was full of evidence of, of God's face turned toward them. God had intervened in Egypt and brought them out of slavery. He had shown his face when they were without food and water in the wilderness and, and he sent manna and meat and water from a rock. He, he, he met with Moses face to face. He'd paved the way for them to, to settle in the promised land. In its poetic imagery, Psalm 80 declares that God had cleared the ground and, and planted their nation and helped it to grow and flourish. And yet... They had sinned. They turned away from the face and favor of God. And so they were reaping the consequences. Darkness is hard. And the Israelites' story is our story. It's a a story of God's love and blessing and humanity's sin and rebellion. And because of that sin... God must turn his face, and we're in the dark. But fortunately, God delights in bringing light into the dark places of this world. 
He is, he's been doing it from the beginning. The, the first thing that God did in the chaos and darkness before creation was to declare, let there be light. The first thing, let there be light. And he's been doing that ever since. He desperately wants to bring the light of his face and favor into the dark places of our lives. He wants that so much that he sent his son, the light of the world, to a world in spiritual darkness. Over and over again, God's people have failed to follow through on following him. Over and over again, God has sent prophets and priests and judges and kings. He has sent his guidelines and his laws, but the results have been temporary at best. They'll follow for a little while and then they fall away. And so God turned his face toward us and all of the light of the father's face came in the form of Jesus, his son. John chapter 1 describes it this way. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In answer to the cry of his people, as described in Psalm 80, God did indeed turn to us. He made his face shine on us through the gift of Jesus. In our lament, in our struggle, in our trouble, in our sin, in our grief, in our pain, the true light that gives light to everyone has come. I love how the Apostle Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. So referring back to that creation, the very first words that we see of God, let light shine out of darkness. That same God has let his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ. To people who are crying out, restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Jesus came. All of the light of God's glory displayed in his face. I don't know, I don't know where you are this Advent season. Maybe you feel like you're in the dark. And I think we've all agreed today that darkness is hard. There are a lot of different things that can lead us to lament. All of those things seem pretty heavy and pretty dark. And so maybe the best thing you can do uh, on the first Sunday of Advent in 2023 is to lament, to be honest, to, to cry out to God, to complain a little if you want to. But at the bottom of it all, please hold on to this, that there is hope. Advent is full of both lament and hope because Jesus has Come, and he is the light of the world, and he can shine all of God's glory into your world this season. Gracious Father God, we thank you for the light. We, we have to acknowledge that life can still seem pretty dark. 
Some of that's our fault due to sin and, and uh, issues that, uh, things that we've done, but some of that just seems to be because we live in this world. Darkness is hard. Lord, I pray that you will shine your light in our hearts today and in the days ahead. That you'll help us even in the midst of uh, what may be a season of lament. That you'll help us to hold on to hope. And that we can cry out to you. Restore us, oh God. Make your face shine upon us. That we may be saved. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Amen.